Hey, I'm Barry. And I'm Colton. And today on KingCast, we are excited to bring you into our conversation. Don't forget to like, share, and follow us. And let's get started and jump in with today's topic. KingCast, we want to talk about something that seems to be getting a lot of mileage nowadays and around Christian circles and stuff, and it's about the Bible. It's about, can we take the Bible literally, right? Is the Bible inerrant, meaning that it has no error? Is the Bible relevant for today? And so, yeah, we just want to tackle this uh, topic again. Is something I, with youth ministry, I, I hear a lot of questions, and um, I'm comfortable to not have all the answers because I know Barry does. So let's <laughs> <laughs> hope. Yeah, let's hope. Um, but no, I, and I have questions myself and I, I sometimes wrestle between thinking, oh, I got this figured out and then back to maybe I don't have this figured out. (laughs) Um, but for me, when I hear the Bible's literal, um, there's just verses that jump out at me right away. One, Jesus saying, um, it's better for you to cut your hand off and enter into heaven with no hand if it causes you to sin, or pluck your eye out. Um, So I think about that and go, all right. Uh, I know in my humanistic thinking and metaphors and analogies, I can say, well, maybe he's just, it's like saying I can eat, I am so hungry I could eat a horse. Mm -hmm. He doesn't literally mean it, but he's trying to paint a picture. Um, so there's that. And then there's other things like Jonah and the whale. As a Christian, I have to believe that this guy was eaten by a whale and lived in his stomach for three days like Pinocchio and then spit him back out. And (laughs) where he was supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. Where he was supposed to be. It's like, those are, I understand when people have those questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I have those questions and I don't have all the answers, but <laughs> yeah. some of those things I've thought about over the years and, you know, we can, we'll talk about Jonah in a bit too, but, um, cut it off cause it's better to be in heaven with one arm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think, you know, if your arm is going to stop you from receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you can take that one literally. <laughs> You're better off to lose your arm <laughs> yeah. and get and and get into heaven than to keep both your arms and miss heaven. Too. Yeah. So I think Jesus, uh, he was very skilled in in the way he said things, and so some of those things are probably true to some extent, mm. right? But also some of them are analogies, and some of the things are mm-hmm. are uh, are cultural, the way they said things. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think, well, Jesus said. You know, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but I have nowhere to lay my head, right? And they, all Jesus didn't have a home. He kind of just lived in the wilderness or in the mountains, and he kind of just appeared in the morning, and right? But yet we know that Jesus had a home. It mm-hmm. was in Capernaum, and the disciples asked him, where do you live? And he said, well, come and I'll show you. Whether mm-hmm. it was rented or owned, I don't know, yeah. but he did have a home, right? And so people read those things into it, and that whole context was people were saying, I'll follow you, do whatever you want, but first I want to do this, and first I want to get this accomplished, and I believe what Jesus was saying, it was like, man, I'm almost getting tired of listening to all these people promising me they're going to follow me, promising they're going to do this for me, but really deep down, they they don't want to do it for me. It's like birds of the air have nests, and the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest from all of these people promising all these things they'll do for mm-hmm. him, but really, 
they, they really don't want to do them. And first use parables a lot, taught mm -hmm. parables. We see an, an analogies in the Bible. We see allegories. We see symbolism. All mm -hmm. those things are in the Bible. And they take a lot of studying. So a 15 yep. or 20 minute podcast, we can't really cover <laughs> yeah. all those things. Yeah, exactly. I think what's important to, for people to understand is that we have to take the Bible inherently and we have to take mm -hmm. the Bible literally to the degree that it's not a, um, you know, it's not an allegory or a parable or something. And we have to take the, the Bible as literal or we have no base. Mm -hmm. Because you can have one person that says exactly like you, well, the story of Jonah and the whale, not that you're saying this, but mm -hmm. you've heard yeah. it. Yeah, oh, you can use me. Yeah, story, <laughs> the story of Jonah and the whale, could that really be real? Because, yeah. I mean, that's stomach acid, right? Yeah. Eating away at this, mm -hmm. this big fish swallows him, right? Can that really, really be real? And so if you determine that's not real, then where's the, where's the boundaries and where's the lines of what's yeah. real that's real in the Bible? And I think you said something interesting to me before the podcast started. Um, it's funny that it's hard for you to believe Jonah lived in a whale, but do you believe Lazarus rose, rose from the dead? Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Do four believe, days after he was dead. Yeah, not even like yeah, four minutes. Yeah. Do you <laughs> believe, you know, he healed a paralytic man? Like, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I do. I do believe all those things. So then why is it so weird to believe the other one? Yeah, exactly. It's like sometimes we look at the Old Testament <laughs> stories and think, well, those are like really like a flood that covered the whole earth. Right? Yeah. Like, how could that be? Yeah. Maybe people have got that wrong. I've heard about these things, the splitting of the seas. He talked about Jonah yeah. in the belly's whale. He said, he called Jonah a prophet. And he says, as Jonah was three days in the belly's whale, so I'll be three days in the heart of the earth yeah. during his death. People say, oh, well, Jesus wasn't dead for three days. He died on Friday. And on Sunday morning, we sing up from the grave he arose. That's only about barely two days. Yeah. And I'm like, well... That's traditionalism. We make that fit into our weekends. Right? We want that to fit into what we believe. But literally, if you take the Bible literally, Jesus obviously had to die Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Because these things are real. Jesus yeah. didn't say, I'm going to be three days in the heart of the earth. But he only meant like a day and a half. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus doesn't tell these stories. Jesus said these things. Then I have no doubt that, that, that they actually um, have taken place. Right? Yeah. I know um, something that was encouraging for me um, was learning, I mean, the Bible, we have it here sitting in front of us in traditional English. We have all right. different kinds of translations. I'm using the Passion right now. You probably have King James. <laughs> um so there's been lots of lots of times I'll hear like, oh, well, they translated it wrong or who... We have a bunch of men translate this, and who wrote it, and you get all those kind of questions. Mm -hmm. um, and a thing that encouraged me, actually, was digging into some of... I'm not hardcore. I don't, every time I read, go, what's this mean in the Greek, or what's this mean in the Hebrew? Yeah, yeah. But there are times where I've, I've seeked those things out, and it's opened up Scripture for me and changed the yeah, meaning yeah. of it and um, has even given me more insight into a culture and a time that that was being presented. Right. Because there's things sometimes that we don't fully understand, I feel like, until we've heard from a culture, well, this is actually... So one of those things is um, 
Jesus raising from the tomb. Right. In it, you'll see that when you read it, his sheet was to the side, and and then the other one was folded and put on the on the bench. And in my culture, in my understanding, I think nothing of that. I think, I don't know, he, his mom told him to fold his sheets when <laughs> he was a boy. Be and neat. Be neat. Yeah. So he his just did that. But actually, if you go, he was actually saying something in that simple act of folding the sheet and putting it there. And in, and in Jewish culture, if you were at dinner and you were eating and you weren't done with your meal but you had to get up and leave, you folded your napkin mm -hmm. and you set it beside your plate, letting, to the, letting the servant know who's standing in the corner waiting to come get your dish. No, the folded napkin means I'm coming back. Don't take my plate yet. Oh, cool. Yeah. And if you just crumpled it up and threw it on there, the server knew, I'm coming, I can take your plate. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really neat when you understand that cultural dynamic of it, you understand that Jesus was saying something. He folded yeah. up his... <laughs> His, his cover and yeah. said, I'm coming back. Yeah. Even though he picked up his body and took it with him. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still coming back. Yeah. Right? And the other reason I know that it was more than three days because also of the culture and, and of the Hebrew, they didn't believe that a person was uh, completely dead till after three days. Uh -huh. So that's why Lazarus, Jesus could have went earlier. Remember, he dragged his feet? Yeah, yeah. He wanted to make sure that nobody could say this guy was just, like, passed out or... Oh, okay. Yeah. So he three waited days. for the fourth day. So that's how I know that Jesus was three days, because he wanted to make sure that they truly believed he yeah. rose from the dead. Yeah. Because they would say if it was a day later, well, I guess we... You know, they probably had a little harder time finding a pulse in somebody who's barely alive and probably people hours of being in a coma or yeah. those kinds of things, and they wouldn't have the hospitals we have now. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of those things are good. So, yeah, the other thing I like to, so, you know, Jesus evidenced that the Bible was real. Mm -hmm. um, I think he quoted the Old Testament, or he quoted 14 different books of the Old Testament when he walked on the earth. Mm -hmm. um, every, and he confirmed the prophets, and he confirmed uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy as the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. He said that they prophesied me in Psalms, and he said all the prophets so all the prophetical books, you know, all the little prophets mm. and the Daniels and the Jonas and the Isaiahs and the big dogs, Jeremiah, mm. he told us they're all real. They all existed and he quoted a lot of those, right? And so, yeah, that's, that's we have to understand that it, Jesus never once said, you know what, the Old Testament that I have today, it's all true except Job. Mm -hmm. It's all true except Second Kings is a little off, mm -hmm. so be careful when you read it. I think he would have let us know. Yeah. In one way or another. I think lots of people can get get wrapped up in the written by ordinary men. Right. And believing, going, okay, yeah, it was inspired, but how did that happen? And how did those, yeah. how can we trust what they're saying? And yeah, like you're saying, a lot of it actually clarifies and identifies and and says that it's true just based on other things that you pull from the Bible. From the Bible, yeah. The Bible confirms the Bible. Yeah, it confirms it. a lot of theologians use. And, you know, I, and I don't want to say that every translation is perfect. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I believe there are translations that were just made to sell Bibles. Mm. And so most, 
All translations that were really made to sell Bibles are usually thought for thought translations because they want to spin these things off in six months or a year. Yeah. Right? Let's get this thing and, and sell it. And so I always tell people to be careful with what you're reading and also make sure you take a word-for-word -word translation with your thought-for-thought -thought Bible. Word-for-word mm. uh, -word translation, New King James, King James, New American Standard, and New uh, or English Standard Version is word for word and if there is a word in those by in this bible that isn't original or is a add-on it's an italicized word mm. so if it's italicized we know that's not in the original hebrew but every word mm -hmm. that's not italicized is a word taken and a word translated yeah and so yeah the other thing i think i want people to understand is that believe in creation that god made man out of the dust of the ground breathed the breath of life and became a living soul we can believe that God created the world with his words, it says, right? Mm -hmm. Faith and his words. We can believe in Lazarus being raised from the dead. We can believe Jesus rose from the dead. We can believe he picked up his body. We can believe all these things, but we have a struggle believing that God can't get us a supernatural book that's inerrant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got to do with those guys that determined, you know, which books of the Bible yeah. are for us today. And that didn't happen overnight. Those yeah. guys were in a room and they they yeah. they sweated over the translations, the the old Bibles. They they determined these things. And I believe that maybe if I was part of that group and I came tired, the Holy Ghost spoke through someone else in that room and said, "Well, what about this? This doesn't really line up with Leviticus, or this doesn't line up maybe with what God said here in Genesis." And I'd be like, "Oh, I didn't see that, right?" Mm -hmm. So they had this whole group of men. To, uh, determining which is the canon and I think yeah. that's why we have a whole group of men and not one person is because God can supernaturally speak mm. to different ones at different times yeah we can just it's just you and me and one time you know I can say something and you're like oh that's good or you say something I think oh that's good I never yeah. thought of that and that's just two of us yeah can you imagine a room with a, I can't remember how many people yeah. were in the room for the canon but holding writing that you're willing to die over yeah. Like <laughs> Exactly. That's that's how I heard that. And the, the King James was, was created. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You're willing to die over because it it's illegal to yeah. to even do that. So yeah, I think it's really heartfelt, lots of prayer, and that's how God how God got it across. And so it's supernatural and without it we have no base. Yeah. Right? Jesus confirmed it. He said in John ten thirty five, he says, Scripture cannot be broken. And I looked up all these translations, mm -hmm. like all the translations. I think I have 19 translations on my computer mm -hmm. in my Bible app. And I looked it up and every translation confirms it. Mm. It says, always true, forever true. One translation doesn't lie. Another translation said, cannot be altered. Another one said, never annulled. Mm. Right? And the old King James said, cannot be broken. Mm -hmm. Or the Nazbe stuff. So I'm like, wow, even the translators no matter what, who they were or when, they left that in there that it, it's always true and it cannot be altered, right? Jesus said not one jot or tittle is ever, is not, I don't know all the jots and tittles. <laughs> when we get to heaven, I think some of the things we've questioned, when we see the answer, we'll be like, oh, I get that. Yeah. How did I miss it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just to finish off then, um, turns or what things may happen if you just pick and choose what you think is divine and what you think doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. 
tell people who pick and choose what the Bible says, I've had them say to me, well, I'm a good person, mm -hmm. so why wouldn't God let me go to heaven, right? Because mm -hmm. they've picked and chose certain scriptures. Yeah. I've heard people say, well, there is no hell because God is love, so they've picked and chosen yeah, yeah. what's real and what's not real. And I've had numerous people try to tell me things that shouldn't be in the Bible or or, or misinterpreted it. And so I sit there and I said, okay, so you want me just to go with what you think. Mm -hmm. So just what you think is what we should all believe because you think that, right? Mm -hmm. I always like to ask and even unbelievers like, well, how did you come up with that? And they always say, well, this is, this is what I think. It makes sense, mm -hmm. right? So our thoughts now become higher than God's thoughts and God's mm -hmm. ways. And I've noticed that all, without having this solid base, and without having a Bible that we can rely on, you'll notice that these people end up in confusion a lot of times. Mm. You'll notice that they begin to doubt their salvation. Mm. They begin to slowly digress in the things of God because they have no base. They have just people's ideas. Yeah. And life like that is as enjoyable as a person who has a solid base and says, you know what? Even if I see that it looks a little different, I'm just going to go with what Jesus said. I think I told you this yeah. story one time about Jesus and the woman that wanted that said i'll have the crumbs even that fall off the table yeah. i want my daughter to be healed and jesus is like well i've been sent to you you guys you're just the samaritans right? yeah and i sided with the woman when i first read that when yeah. i first got saved and i said what jesus you're yeah. calling her a dog <laughs> yeah. and you don't want to help her yeah i'm like how could that be and i'm like lord how could that even be you is that yeah. even right what you did and i heard the holy ghost say to me so you're going to side with the woman against jesus and I had to actually stop and think for a little while and realize, yeah, that doesn't even make sense. I'm going to side with the woman against G what Jesus did. Like she, and she got her prayers answered anyway. So yeah. she did what was right, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Right. And when the story's all done, it's good. But what bothered me was the way Jesus treated her. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's not right. How can you treat somebody like that? And I got to the place where I realized now that. Everything Jesus did and everything God does is always right. Mm -hmm. The Bible says it's pure, it's perfect, it's peaceful, mm -hmm. right? So I think we sometimes have to get to that place where we don't understand everything, but I'm going to go with the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So thank you for tuning in today, and we hope you're encouraged. We hope um, that you, as you read the Bible, it actually jumps off the pages to you, becomes more real, becomes more true. Um, if you have also, we love doing these podcasts and if you have any questions that you're saying, man, I'd love to know what they think about this or, uh, um, just chat that out. Send them our way, please. We'd love to ch chat about them.